You're listening to the Lawn Care Business Success Podcast, the weekly show sharing proven methods and systems in marketing, equipment, and customer service, educational and motivational, to help make your lawn care business an overwhelming success. Now here's your host, Julio Tomei. Welcome, Lawn Care Nation, to another episode of the Lawn Care Business Success Podcast. I'm your host, Julio Tomei from LawnCareBusinessSuccess.com, and this is episode number 21, entitled, Who Says Money Doesn't Grow on Trees? Well, hello, everybody. Thanks for joining me again for another edition of the Lawn Care Business Success Podcast. Uh, thanks for uh, joining me again this week and letting me in uh, your ear, hopefully while you're working and making uh, money and uh, filling your pockets in your bank account. Um so before I get into this week's episode, um, I just wanted to touch uh, upon the subject a little bit um, about what I was talking about last week and um, using affiliates, uh, links and stuff to help offset the costs of the website and the podcast, as well as the fact that um, as this uh, becomes more and more popular, um, I'm finding that I'm having to do this on Tuesdays, which is actually taking away a day of my actual lawn care business work um, so that I can continue to um, offer the podcast and uh, uh, continue to work on it. Now, I was thinking last week, I was talking about um, uh, using affiliate links if you guys are doing things like shopping on Amazon um, or if you're signing up, say, for a website um, or using uh, Audible to listen to the audiobooks and things like that to use my affiliate links. And then I also started to think after I had recorded the um, episode um, and trying to, like I say, maintain being able to provide uh, doing the podcast because I really do enjoy doing it and I'm starting to get um, some really good feedback from people um, and it's encouraging that you guys uh, all seem to enjoy uh, the podcast. I still would like to hear from more of you, um, especially if you have any uh, negative feedback or things that I could improve, what you guys think of the audio audio quality, um, you know, what subjects you'd like uh, me to talk about, what things you think um, you'd actually like to hear about. Um, if you'd, uh, you know, you like the format of me sort of just talking uh, the way I do on a weekly basis, or if you'd, uh, you know, maybe want to have me do interviews with other um, lawn care business owners, um, you know, and pick their brains about certain things. Um, If, uh, you know, you have suggestions, um, or, you know, say you're in a situation like that, where you have some great ideas um, that you think could help, and you'd like to come on to the podcast, and um, uh, maybe offer your suggestions and stuff, definitely something I'd be open to uh, discussing. Um, But uh, like I say, I was thinking after talking about the affiliate links and all that stuff last week, um, perhaps um, there's some other things since I'm taking, um, you know, time off on my Tuesdays and uh, being away from work uh, anyways, um, that maybe I can, um, you know, offer some other uh, services for you guys to sort of fill in the extra time and um, help offset those costs and recover some of that income. Um, so one of the things I thought was maybe um, providing uh, a coaching, one-on-one coaching service um, for any of you guys out there that just starting out, um, we could possibly get on a Skype call, video call, um, and uh, just spend an hour going over your particular business um, and looking at what you have for maybe logos and um, invoices and uniform designs and colors and sort of that plan and just give you feedback um you know, particularly based on your particular situation and your business. Um, so that's just a possibility, just throwing it out there to see um, if that's of something of interest uh, to you guys. You can always drop me a line at lawncarebusinesssuccess.com forward slash contact. Just head on over to that contact page um, and, um, you know, leave me a, an email there if that's something that you'd like to inquire about. Um, I haven't... Um, 
really put any thought into uh, what sort of a rate or anything that I would charge um, at the moment, just sort of throwing it out there for uh, interest. Um, the other thing I thought, uh, you know, like a lot of these uh, podcasts and stuff that I listen to, they're always um, uh, either selling uh, an audio book or a guide or maybe an online course or something. Um, so I may look into that. Um, I don't know how... Um, uh, effective that would be um, in this particular niche market, um, but it is something that I will explore. Um, it would have to be a total value bomb proposition where, um, you know, whatever I offer, whether it's a marketing guide, uh, an ebook, um, or a course or something would have to be something that would be full of actionable items that you guys could do um, and see direct results from following whatever steps, um, you know, I'm outlining in whatever course or book or whatever that I offer. Um, so, you know, it's just, uh, throwing some ideas out there, uh, to see if maybe I can get some feedback from you guys on what you think would help, or if you're interested in something like that, um, or uh, if you think I should just stick to the podcast, um, and, uh, what sort of, um, you know, format of the podcast. Do you like it the way it is right now? Do you want uh, to see um, sort of an interview style podcast? Um, or do you want me to just uh, continue uh, and picking uh, subjects and uh, uh, sort of discussing or giving my thoughts on um, what uh, I think about particular things? Now, remember that uh, I'm doing all of this uh, basically for you guys. So, you know, if it's not um, valuable content to you guys, um, if it's, you know, say fading or something like that, um, I need to hear from you guys, uh, you know, so that uh, I can change it or uh, and just make it more effective, make it more um, just value packed and actionable for you guys. Um, and as always, motivating, um, hopefully, uh, that's an underlying tone in every episode is uh, just letting you guys uh, uh, realize and see, um, you know, really how easy um, it is. It can be a very daunting task for people to uh, get out on their uh, own and start their own business. Um, so just some ideas there. Um, and hopefully, um, you know, the podcast is motivating enough to get you guys uh, to take action and start building on your dreams. Now, with that being said, if you'd like a copy of a free uh, PDF download of a landscape maintenance contract, head on down to lawncarebusinesssuccess.com and enter your email address in the top banner bar to uh, join our mailing list and you'll get access to uh, that free eight or nine page um, PDF document of a landscape uh, maintenance contract um, that I have used uh, in the past in my business. I'll adapt it and change it depending on the situation. Um, but the basic framework there I have used uh, for the last few years, uh, particularly with my uh, commercial or strata type uh, contracts. Um, also, uh, I know you guys like listening to uh, audio as much as I do. And if you haven't tried listening to audiobooks uh, yet, and here's your chance to uh, try two free uh, audiobooks of your choice, uh, just uh, head to lawncarebusinesssuccess.com forward slash audible, spelled A U D I B L E. Now, um, uh, with uh, Audible, uh, you'll get two free audiobooks, as I said, of your choice, a free 30-day trial, and those two audiobooks that you uh, pick out are yours to keep um, for uh, life, uh, basically. Um, you can listen to them online, you can download uh, the free Audible app onto your smartphone and uh, access those uh, book titles there. Um, you can cancel anytime, uh, and like I say, those audiobooks are yours to keep. If you decide to keep them or keep the uh, um, service going, uh, I believe it's fourteen ninety five a month for a new audiobook of your choice uh, each month, and I believe they also have a uh, twenty two dollar plan that gives you access to two free audiobooks uh, each month. Uh, so, like I say, longcarebusinesssuccess dot com forward slash audible. So. 
Um, this week, uh, subject is, so who says money doesn't grow on trees? Um, and what I mean uh, by that is uh, getting into talking about tree pruning. Um, it can be very lucrative to do uh, tree work. And uh, depending on your situation and your comfort level, um, really the uh, sky is the limit to the amount of income you make. Now, what you want to do is uh, check into local regulations um, and uh, make sure, um, importantly, that your insurance um, will cover you in the case of a um, accident with uh, trees. Um, and what I would suggest when starting out, if you've never done any sort of tree work, and what we're going to focus in on today's episode is to um, basically just uh, focus in on uh, smaller trees. Um, so ornamental trees and uh, maybe some sm uh, small fruit trees and stuff. Um, and uh, focus in on that sort of stuff. Leave the you know, large 20 foot and taller trees to certified arborists. Um, it may also be a uh, bylaw or regulation in your uh, particular state or province um, that um, regulates, um, you know, who can actually um, cut down trees that size or prune trees that size and that they require, you know, um, ar arborist uh, certification and certain insurance levels and all that sort of stuff. But for small trees that you'd find, you know, typically in uh, the average homeowner's backyard, be it fruit trees or ornamental style trees, um, as long as you're uh, insurance package um, that you have will cover you in case of injury and stuff like that. Um, I would say uh, to go for it and um, you know you can um, do a lot of uh, tree work with some basic uh, tools um, and sort of the sort of things I would suggest um, for one is a pole pruner. Um, so I would get um, my hands on a pole pruner um, and uh, you know you can find these uh, uh, basic ones at um, stores like Home Depot and stuff if you wanted to um, I believe they sell like Fisker brand pole pruner if you want sort of higher level better quality obviously your landscape uh, uh, equipment dealer will have um, better quality um, pole pruners um, like the Corona brand and stuff like that um, so you want to get one of these. These will let you do some basic pruning um, and even some tree uh, branch limbing and stuff with the um, saw attachment um, that they have available um, on an extendable telescoping handle where you can do a lot of the work just standing uh, from the ground. A lot of the basic pruning um, uh, work there from the ground. You also... Um, would want to get a good uh, tree or branch um, saw. Now these typically are, um, you know, have some very jagged teeth to them, um, made specifically for quickly cutting through branches. Um, they'll have sort of a curved, slightly curved uh, blade to them um, to help uh, dig into the branch while you're cutting again, just to facilitate quicker cutting of the branches. And uh, another thing, um, important tool that I would suggest is a good quality uh, pruning ladder. Now, if you're not familiar with a pruning ladder, they're the funny looking uh, three-legged ladders. They're uh, n very narrow at the top um, where the ladder rungs are and they extend down and they widen at the bottom to have a very wide base. Uh, and then on the uh, opposite end, they'll just have one sort of pole um, that uh, uh, swings out uh, to uh, act as a third leg or triangle leg. Now, the reason that a pole pruning or sorry, a, a pruning ladder is uh, what you want to use um, versus a standard um, ladder is that uh, it gives you the ability to um, 
get in very close to certain um, trees and stuff. Um, also in uh, unstable or sorry, uneven ground uh, because it's three legged. If with a four legged ladder, uh, I'm sure you've seen or experienced times where you put a ladder up and if the ground isn't completely flat, um, you get sort of the teetering effect on uh, that style ladder. Now with a three-legged ladder, um, because there's only three legs, it sort of has that tripod effect, um, you can go in more uneven ground. So you can have, you know, the front legs on a sort of a lower surface and then the back on a little bit of a higher grade or so. Um, also, you can, because it's just one single um, leg there, you can lift that leg up and over branches and things and actually fit it into the tree um, so that the center of the tree or ladder is sort of up in the branches um, so that you can climb up into the tree a lot easier. Um, I've seen guys doing um, with hedges and stuff uh, because the... Um, bottom of the ladder flares out, like I say, to provide a stable base. And then because there's only one leg at the back of the ladder, you can actually sort of put it on an angle and fit it tightly up against um, a hedge or so. If you have a really, say, extra wide hedge that you need to trim, um, that pruning ladder will let you get really close so that when you get to the top of that hedge, um, you know, you can reach um, farther across um, and just overall, just a lot more stable. Um, you want to be careful, obviously, with, um, you know, loose surfaces and, um, you know, pavement and stuff. I wouldn't really trust a pruning ladder if there's pavement or sidewalks or something that you're you're on. You want to have uh, somebody there stabilizing that ladder for you with only that one leg. But generally on, say, uh, grass uh, areas and stuff or dirt areas, um, the pruning ladder is very stable. It'll sort of dig in there. Um, or if you have it, um, you know, up against a, a tree, um, or a hedge or something. So a pruning ladder is something you want to uh, invest in if you haven't already and you're thinking about um, pruning trees. And um, uh, also, like I said, uh, the uh, telescoping pole pruner, um, a, a good little uh, tree uh, pruning handsaw. Um, of course, you want to have some good loppers um, to... Um, also assist you in uh, pruning the tree maybe some hand pruners as well a uh, good set of hand pruners uh, goes a long way um, my favorites are uh, the pole uh, pruner uh, a good set of loppers now when you get into um, you know some bigger heavier stuff um, if you're feeling confident um, you know using a chainsaw um, is something you can look at it does increase the dangerous level probably a hundredfold um, when you're uh, going up a, um, a ladder and doing that. Now, obviously, if you can reach branches and stuff from the ground, um, then no problem as long as you're, you're clear and there's nothing underneath the branches and stuff like that. Um, learning how to properly use that chainsaw and using the proper safety equipment, of course, is paramount in, um, uh, you know, ensuring that you're making a profit and not getting hurt or causing damage uh, to surrounding um, structures or vehicles and stuff like that. Um, and uh, like I say, it just increases the danger level, uh, particularly when you're up on a ladder and now you uh, are operating a chainsaw, which will require two hands. So basically, it's just your feet um, on the ladder. Um, it can get pretty sketchy, especially if you cut a heavy branch and, you know, say it, it falls the wrong way and actually hits the ladder and knocks you down. Now you got this chainsaw and, uh, you know, it can get uh, pretty bad pretty quick. So... Um, I would say uh, starting out to try to keep to the, uh, you know, hand saws and the uh, pole pruners and things like that. Try to stay away from the, the power um, tools. Now, 
you still would want a chainsaw if you say you want to then once the branch is cut um you know and that sort of thing and you want to cut it down quickly and uh you know cut it into smaller manageable pieces or something to dispose of uh, once it's on the ground then that's fine um and you don't need much um depending on how uh, much work you're going to be doing with tree work. Um, for me, tree work is, uh, an occasional thing. I don't do it all the time. I actually used to do it a lot more. Uh, but now I focus a lot more on just the lawns as, um, you know, I've become more and more established over the years. Um, the lawn work, uh, just takes up uh, more of my time and leaves less time for uh, a lot of other stuff. So, uh, for me, I've been using just the still um, MS-170 chainsaw. It's, I think, their smallest uh, chainsaw um, that they offer. Um, but I find that it has uh, plenty of power um, to do the basic pruning and stuff and, uh, you know, uh, cutting down the occasional uh, small tree and stuff. It uh, makes quick work of it. Um, and, uh, you know, it doesn't, uh, I've haven't required anything larger, um, than that. Um, I like the still brand, uh, as far as, uh, power equipment goes, um, you know, but, uh, whatever your, uh, favorite brand is, I'm sure they have something equivalent to that sort of entry level starter sort of chainsaw. Um, the most important thing would be to find something that uh, you can get, uh, new blades for and, uh, parts for, um, like I said, uh, in, uh, past, uh, episodes with, uh, using commercial equipment or commercial, uh, you know, brands, um, you can, uh, you know, get parts a lot easier, uh, to keep the jobs rolling. Now, um, like I mentioned before, you can do, uh, a lot with just a basic set of hand tools. Um, the most important thing um, that you're going to need when uh, doing any sort of tree work is knowledge. And what I mean by that is you, if you've never pruned a tree before or did any, done any of that sort of um, work before, you want to arm yourself with knowledge on how to properly uh, cut tree branches and uh, stuff so that you're minimizing damage to the tree. Um, and also, you know, you don't want the tree to become diseased and stuff. Um, so knowing, you know, sort of uh, where the collar of the branch is when it comes out of that tree, and that's that little sort of hump or lump that you see um, as a, a branch grows out of the tree. You don't want to be, if you're, say, cutting a complete branch off a tree, you don't want to be cutting past that uh, lump or a hump, uh, and they call it the collar, the tree, the branch collar. Um, you don't want to be cutting into that um, because it just um, will increase the risk of that tree getting uh, diseased and rotted and stuff. That uh, collar will actually... Um, heal itself once you're when you cut a branch just past that collar so that you leave that little hump off the uh, base of the tree there um, you'll notice on uh, tree branches or trees that you've seen around uh, where branches were cut properly with that hump left that that um, branch collar will actually grow the bark over the exposed uh, ends of the uh cut branch. Um, if you've uh, researched or looked uh, into trees, you'll know that the um, there's a layer, almost like a, I wouldn't say it's like a mucous membrane, though it feels very mucousy. Um, it's a very slick, slippery type surface right underneath the bark. If you were to peel the bark off a tree, there's this layer, slick layer underneath um, the bark there, just on the outside of the, um, I guess, the rings of the tree where the bark is. Um, and that's where the tree um, delivers 
um, moisture and nutrients and stuff from the roots. It all goes up just underneath that layer and it distributes out to all the branches and the leaves and stuff through that layer. Um, the inside of the tree or the base of the tree, um, as it gets larger and larger, and we all know that the rings of the tree go around the tree, and each year a new ring is added, and that you can tell how old a tree is just by counting the rings. Well, as the tree gets bigger and bigger and bigger, the center of that tree um, becomes less and less important. Now, I won't say that it's dead, um, the, the center of the tree, that it's just wood, but... Um, like I say, the most important part of the tree there is that mucus layer um, running uh, just underneath the bark. Now, you might have noticed um, where a tree, say, has lawn all the way around it, say a small young tree has, um, say, lawn all the way around it. There's no sort of um, uh, barrier uh, to protect the tree. Um, base or trunk of the tree and there's no sort of bark mulch say circle around the tree or anything and uh, people will be like trimming the lawn using a weed whacker and they're constantly week after week um, you know going up so tight against the tree that it's actually cutting the bark um, in a circle around the tree um, and the tree will actually you know over time it'll actually die um, and it's because like I say, all those nutrients um, are passed from the root zone up to um, the leaves and the branches to make the tree grow all through that mucus layer right underneath the bark. So if your weed whip is tight up against a tree and you're cutting, uh, you know, damaging that bark and going past that bark layer, there's a good chance that you're damaging that mucusy sort of membrane uh, layer. Um, and, uh, you know, the tree, there's a good chance the tree will die, um, over repeated, um, you know, uh, damage to that, uh, area. So, um, you don't want to, when you're pruning those branches, to be cutting past that branch collar, that, uh, wide part of the uh, tree branch. And, uh, like I say, that's because the tree will actually heal itself, um, when you cut off the branch and you'll notice, like I said, um, when you look at a tree that's been pruned properly over, uh, years, you can see where the bark will actually grow over that, um, uh, ring layer. So you'll see, um, sort of a growth all the way around the branch or where the branch was. And what the tree is doing is it's just healing itself just enough um, to protect that mucus layer. It's leaving the center of the branch exposed, and you'll see like the a hole in the middle of it uh, where the branch uh, used to be. And you'll even, you'll, if you were to look closely, you could see the rings of that particular branch there. Um, but that, uh, underneath mucus layer, the bark has actually grown over and sort of almost calloused over to protect that area. Because that, like I said, is where those nutrients and stuff are growing. So if you're cutting past, um, that, uh, branch collar, um, you have to think about how, depending on how tight you're cutting it there, um, you know, you could be cutting away um, that uh, tree's ability to heal itself. So you never want to prune tight up against um, the base of the tree or the uh, trunk of the tree. Um, so as the branches come out, as soon as they're um, extending out from the tree, you'll notice how they're wider. They have that little round hump that branch collar and then the branch will then continue so you want to prune uh, your branches right there at that branch uh, just past that branch collar and then you'll notice uh, over the years how the tree will heal itself there and you uh, uh, have less risk of uh, damaging uh, the tree or having it um, rot now the other thing you want to keep in mind um, when you're pruning uh, trees is that pruning essentially um, should not be done 
for aesthetic reasons. Um, it should only be done basically following the four D's. You only want to prune dam, uh, tree branches that are, uh, dead, uh, damaged, uh, diseased or dangerous. Um, so anything more than that, um, can cause problems with the tree in the future. Um, you'll see a lot of times where, um, you know, some company will come along and they will uh, just hack down a whole bunch of branches off a beautifully naturally looking tree uh, because the homeowner, you know, it's too big or it's, you know, for whatever reason. And what happens is uh, the tree will then over the next year send up hundreds or, you know, even thousands of uh, tree branches straight up in the air uh, called suckers. Um, and what it's doing is basically the tree uses uh, all the leaves off the tree to collect sunlight and convert that sunlight, do the whole photosynthesis thing uh, to convert that sunlight uh, into energy uh, for the tree. And basically when you go and hack um, a large part of that tree uh, branches uh, down, you're taking the tree's ability away to gather sunlight, uh, essentially. So the tree will go into shock, and all it wants to do um, is uh, go into survival mode, and it just wants to get uh, to sunlight as quick as possible. So that next uh, spring... Um, it will just shoot up um, hundreds of these branches completely unnatural looking um, because they'll all just sort of extend out from the base or from the branch and then they just go straight, straight up in the air. Um, and you'll see um, them, especially on trees that have been pollarded, um, and that's the term used for uh, over pruning a tree drastically. Um uh, you'll just see these hundreds and hundreds of ugly looking um, uh, suckers growing because the tree was over pruned, put into shock, and uh, the tree's just trying to uh, do what it can to survive and get to sunlight again. Um, now, a problem that occurs if you pollard a tree or over um, prune it and uh, cause these suckers to uh, uh, start is that. Um, they grow so fast, the suckers, that quickly the homeowner is left with um, a tree over the next year that's probably just as tall as it was the year before when they asked you to cut it back. Um, and the only now option again in their mind is to get in there and hack it down again. And then you're left in this totally vicious cycle um, where you're having to go every year and completely hack this tree apart um, and then it just gets worse and worse every year that goes by it gets uglier and uglier um, and finally to the point where the only solution is to um, chop the tree down and completely get rid of it because it's just uh, so gnarly looking um, that uh, it's just uh, terrible um, and you can introduce tons of uh, disease and all that sort of stuff and bugs and things like that to the tree because it can't sustain itself it's always uh, you know a lack of um, sunlight and nutrition and stuff that uh, you know it's more susceptible to those diseases and parasites and things like that so you want to be clear when uh, talking to customers about um, tree pruning on following those uh, uh, 4Ds and only pruning branches that, again, are uh, dead, damaged, diseased, or dangerous. Um, so, if, you know, you want to... Uh, and, you know, certain things like thinning out a tree and stuff is is fine as well. You know, if trees are... or if the branches inside are so gnarly that they're rubbing together and stuff... You know, you can thin out some of the branches and stuff, but just doing it in a cautious um, sort of way where you're not just over pruning that tree um, and, um, you know, uh, 
just causing more problems in the future um, with it. Um, like I say, it can be, you know, difficult in the beginning, um, especially if you're just starting out and you're trying to land some jobs. It's very tempting to, you know, just hack a tree down and stuff. And I see it all the time uh, when guys go around and they do it. Uh, for me, um, I don't think it's acceptable, but that's just me. Um, just knowing that, uh, you know, the, the customer's looking to you for your professional opinion and you know they may want the you know, the, the tree um pruned but in their mind you have to remember that they're thinking that you know if they hire you to come and prune this tree and you know they may be asking oh yeah for this whole you know a huge section to be cut out of the tree but they're thinking that that's not going to affect the tree and that you know it's a one-time thing that they can get away with going ahead and doing that and um you know, that they'll be fine after that uh, for years. Um, where the reality is, is that, you know, if they're just given some information to know that, you know, if that's done to the tree, that next year you're going to have to, you know, hire me back again to completely hack that tree down again. And then the year after that, and that each subsequent, subs, uh, uh, each year that follows, um, or sorry, subsequent year that follows, that's the word I was looking for. Um, uh, that, uh, the tree will get uglier and uglier. Um, they probably won't do it. And from my experience is they won't do it, that they'll just, um, pay you to do what you think is proper. Um, and, uh, you know, thin out the tree, um, and, uh, go from there, um, and remove those dead, damaged or diseased limbs, uh, or dangerous limbs. And, um, or they'll decide to, you know, if it really is an issue, that they'll just, um, you know, have the tree removed. Um, the other thing to think about when you're doing pruning um, is that um, uh, looking at city bylaws and guidelines um, for the town or city that you're in. I know here where I am, um, you know, in front of every house, um, in most parts of the city, there's trees growing. Um, but the thing is, is that they're all planted on city property. It may look like your property. It, um, you know, uh, will be on your lawn and, you know, you're out there mowing that lawn every week and stuff and, you know, going around this particular tree and stuff. But that first, you know, say four to six feet from the street, inwards on your lawn is not actually your property um it's owned by the city and those trees are are planted on that area they're all city trees and as such um at least or in the city that i'm in um you're not actually allowed as a homeowner uh, to hire anybody or to prune those trees yourself the city sends out crews um once a year um, and I've seen them actually every year, uh, since, uh, I've been living in the current location that I'm at, they come every year in the fall and they just drive around, uh, all the neighborhoods and go house to house, tree to tree. Uh, and all they do is just prune those, uh, city trees that are on, uh, that, uh, boulevard or city property that's attached to your front lawn. Um, so that's one thing to look at because you don't, uh, want to get into a situation where you know say a neighbor sees you pruning a tree that is a city tree and they call it into the city and then uh, you know your company starts getting a bad reputation and ends up uh, with fines and stuff for doing that now the other thing to um, always be mindful of is whether or not a permit is required if um you know, pruning is taking place or if, uh, the customer wants trees removed. Um, so, you know, it may be a, a small tree on a property. Um, but you want to make sure that in that city or town that you're working in that, um, you know, the city does not require, uh, permits, uh, and, or if they do, um, that you do, uh, get the permits. Now, for an example, again, in the city that I uh, live in and work in, um, if you want to remove 
a tree on your property, you can do so um, without a permit as long as the circumference of the trunk of the tree at a height of, uh, I believe it's five feet. Uh, so five feet from the ground, if you measure five feet up from the ground, um, if the circumference of the tree at that point is under a certain size, then that tree can be removed with no issue. If it's above that uh, circumference um, at that height, then a permit is required. And not only that, but for every tree um, you remove uh, in an effort uh, for the city to keep the city green, um, that you have to replace every cut tree you take down with two new trees. Um, so two new small uh, baby trees, uh, basically, for every uh, mature tree that you take out. Um, so that's the basics or guideline here in the city where I live in. So you want to investigate and look up that. Also, um, you want to watch out for um, customers that tell you um, that pruning branches that are overhanging their property, but the tree is not actually their property. Um, you want to find out what the guidelines for that are in your city um, and uh, make sure you're doing that properly. Now, again, where um, I live, um, you can prune branches that overhang your, say, fence uh, or property line, um, as long as you're only pruning them up to that property line, and as long as it's not going to damage the tree, um, you know, and cause it uh, uh, to have issues in the future and stuff. So the other thing you want to do as well um, is if a customer is asking you to prune branches that are overhanging their fence uh, from a neighbor's tree is to just uh, walk over uh, to the neighbor's yard um, and uh, knock on the door and uh, see somebody's home um, and just mention it to them and get permission uh, from them. Or, you know, obviously if it's um, something within, um, say, guidelines where you're allowed to cut those branches because it's over the fence um, and you're allowed to cut them up to the fence but just to give them the heads up so that they know what's going on um, you'll find sometimes um, customers can be in arguments with um, you know other neighbors of theirs and stuff and they don't get along and you know they'll want uh, you know everything irritates them and you know those branches hanging over the fence are irritating them and stuff and they'll tell you they'll call you up and tell you to do something like that and say and they'll be like oh yeah, yeah the neighbor says it's fine and uh you know and all that and actually i know of a guy in my city who got into this sort of situation and uh he went up to the customer's house for a pruning job they told them that they wanted those big branches cut that are all overhanging the fence all the way up and that um you know, to cut the branches and, um, you know, he gave them a quote and they said, you know, that's pretty expensive and stuff. And, um, he said, well, you know, the, the, um, uh, what's it called? The disposal and stuff is a big part of it. And they said, well, you know what, just throw the branches over the fence into the, the neighbor's lawn. He's, he's fine with it. Cause he was, uh, you know, pruning the tree himself and stuff. And he said he would get rid of it all. Um, as long as I just, you know, paid somebody to do the cutting on my side. Um, so this uh, guy went and uh, he trimmed, you know, the whole tree up on the, the customer side of the property and threw all the branches over the fence. Well, the homeowner, the later that evening, gets home from work and uh, notices this whole pile of branches on his property and then notices that the tree's been cut. Um, and, um, you know, the guy hacked down the branches pretty badly. He, you know, in lots of cases went over the fence line, uh, cause the other guy had told him to cut them as tight as possible to the tree, uh, and that sort of thing. 
So little, uh, you know, did he know after a while he gets a, a call from the city um, because other neighbors uh, saw what company and stuff uh, did the job. And not only did the city come along and fine um, the homeowner uh, for hiring a company to uh, cut the trees over the property line um, and throw all the branches and debris over. But then they also find um, the business. And I believe, um, if I remember correctly, they find the homeowner $2,500 and they find the business $2,500. So it was $5,000 in fines in total for uh, pruning that tree um, over the property line. And, uh, you know... <clears throat> doing it uh, in a way that would uh, cause the tree to possibly uh, become uh, diseased and stuff from over pruning all those uh, branches all the way up to the top of the tree. Now, um, so it's something you want to uh, avoid is that, um, and like say customers are not going to let you know that, um, you know, they're having issues with a, a neighbor or something like that. So it's always a good idea to, um, in that sort of situation where it's not the actual um, customer's tree is just to know, you know, walk next door and, um, you know, um, just mention it to the, uh, owner, the tree owner that, uh, you're going to be, uh, pruning those, um, uh, branches that are overhanging the property line and that, uh, you know, that you'll be doing it right up to the property line, that sort of thing. Um, you know, discuss uh, letting them know that you'll be taking or disposing of the branches and stuff that they have nothing to worry about in that sense. Um, you know, and usually you'll find that it's okay if the, if you can't get a hold of them before doing that work. Um, I would uh, consider, you know, uh, scheduling the job for a different day and leaving your contact information at that uh, tree owner's um, home. Um, and just let them know with a quick note that, um, you've been hired to, um, you know, um, prune that tree and that, uh, you're going to, you know, same thing. You're going to just prune the branches up to the property line that you're going to dispose of the branches and a, a good way, um, to do it so that it's not like you're asking permission because you, you know, depending, you don't obviously need permission if the branches are overhanging your property, but just to feel them out so you're not causing conflict and stuff is just to ask them if it's okay if you access their property if branches fall onto their property side um, <clears throat> so that you can clean them up. You know, it's just sort of a, a friendly, nice way to do it. Just say that, you know, I've been hired, I'm going to prune these branches that are overhanging the property line. Um, you know, we're going to take all the branches with us and dispose of it all in the event that a branch falls on your side of the property. Can I have permission to come onto your property and, um, clean up that branch? And then from there, um, you'll get, you know, they'll phone you back or they'll, um, you know, let you know or whatever, but you'll get to feel them out and see, you know, right away what their tone is as far as, um, you know, how they feel with the other customer, they'll either be totally fine with it or, you know, they'll start complaining about the other guy and why does he want to cut down my tree and blah, blah, blah. And right there, you know, eh, you know, I don't want to get into, you know, issues or something or in the middle of a conflict between neighbors or stuff like that. So just something to um, think about in that sense. Now, if the tree is completely in the property owner's property, then obviously, as long as you know sort of the rules of your city and what to do, then uh, you'll see that um, money truly does grow on trees. And there's uh, a whole um, whack of work out there just with the tree work and um, doing all that. Um, the other good thing about um, having the tools, um, hand saws and say small chainsaws and things like that, uh, for doing that pruning work is that then it also gives you uh, those tools uh, for when there's storms, um, you know, windstorms and stuff where trees could come down and you're then more properly equipped to help uh, do cleanups and stuff to take uh, those trees away from your customers' properties and help them out with that. 
Um, so I think that uh, about wraps it up. I'm way over time here, hitting uh, the 49th minute uh, now, where I usually like to keep these uh, podcasts at around roughly the half hour mark. Um, so uh, I'm just going to talk about... Um, Host upon if you're looking for a web hosting service for your uh, lawn care business, um, you can give host upon a try at lawncarebusinesssuccess.com forward slash host upon. That's H O S T U P O N. You'll get um, unlimited bandwidth and uh, unlimited web space. You get a free domain name um, and uh, one click WordPress installs. Um, it's only $3.95 a month. Uh, for all of that uh, included and you can even host a unlimited amount of domain names on your uh, web uh, space if you like or your account I should say if you like so if you want to have two three or four or five websites uh, you can all have them hosted on uh, that one uh, host upon account for $3.95 um, also if you guys want to leave me feedback you can go to the lawncarebusinesssuccess.com uh, website and um, either go to the contact us page um, or you can click on the little gray tab on the side that says leave voicemail and uh, just leave a live voicemail message uh, that I'll get and depending on the question like I say just um, uh, you know just to keep it out there um, if you leave a question that I find uh, interesting or something that I can use maybe on the podcast I'll actually use the mp3 file of you talking on the podcast and uh, enter uh, that uh, be sure to follow me on instagram look for lawn care business success um, as the username and uh, don't forget to uh, head on over to the lawn care business success.com website enter your email address in the top um, banner bar there and get your free uh, download of a landscape uh, uh, maintenance contract uh, pdf and uh, use that so um, with that being said um, like I said, that's it for this week. I'd like to thank you guys all for taking the time uh, in joining me. Um, if you have a chance and you want to uh, rate uh, the podcast on iTunes, that would be appreciated. Drop me a line and let me know that you did so I can uh, check it out. Um, and uh, also, uh, like I said at the top of the show, um, if you guys are interested in maybe some one-on-one coaching specific to your business, um, you want to get on a Skype call or have suggestions of um, maybe some other things I could offer, um, I'm uh, totally open to suggestions. I'd like to explore further uh, taking this uh, whole podcast and um, sort of uh, yeah, podcast and website and stuff to the next level and giving you guys actionable content that you guys can use to increase your uh, revenue in your uh, business. Um, so thanks again for listening and be sure to join me next week on another episode. Until then, here's to wishing you guys overwhelming success and freedom in your lawn care business. Thanks. Thanks.